6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. May of 2021. Of course, Global News first brought to light allegations in February of 2021 of sexual misconduct against senior leaders in the Canadian forces. It was the first of a dozen exclusive reports into such allegations and the military's handling of them over the past number of months. So Arbour in this report described an institution that she called fundamentally in fundamentally out of sync with the values of Canadian society and imposes a liability to the country. You're listening. All right. Off to a roaring start here. Let's try it again. Meaningful change will rest on the political will and the determination of civilians who oversee the Canadian Armed Forces. Still, it will not happen without the support of CAF leaders and ultimately without the goodwill of all its members who are every day entrusted with the duty to protect our country and who do so on our behalf. There are 48 recommendations in this report uh, that charts a new path to fundamentally change the way that military sexual misconduct allegations are reported and handled uh, overall to restore confidence in the Canadian Armed Forces. Our first guest this afternoon has been fighting for change in the CAF for years. Major retired Donna Rigadel is the co-founder of Survivor Perspectives Consulting Group. Donna, welcome back to the show. Thank you. All right, Don. Glad you're back. <laughs> Thank you very much, my friend Donna. You know, I, I know. Um, you know, we we'd been talking over the weekend about about this report, what we were expecting to hear from it, see in it. Your initial thoughts when you heard um, the, the recommendations that were outlined today. Um, so initial, I mean, um, obviously it was, there was, there was not a lot of big surprises for, for survivors in their report today. I mean, I, I don't think there was anything that really sort of stood out as things that were unexpected. Um, as with the reports that have happened previously, I, I think what it comes down to is, you know, we've gotten some fantastic direction from, you know, an external review authority. Now let's actually implement it, not just a letter of it. Let's actually do it right this time. Some of those recommendations, she's saying it's it's long past time for the military to scrap traditions and structures that perpetuate a sexualized culture. For those who, you know, haven't been involved uh, in the military, who don't understand necessarily what that is, can, what, what would she be talking about there, Donna, when it comes to these traditions and structures that perpetuate a sexualized culture? Well, I mean, there is, and, and this is where things can get really difficult. Like, there's, we, we have a difficult job, a difficult, dangerous job to do. So within that, there are parts of our culture that need to stay in place. And, and I know that. And I know that there's a lot of uproar for military members, you know, don't take the teeth out of the military. And nobody wants to do that. What we do want to do, though, is do away, away with that that harms us. So there are parts of, you know, what we've long regarded as culture that are is not serving us any longer, that we need to start to cut away because it's rotting us. You know, there's, um, you know, uh, and some changes 
changes have already happened. Like some of the the more traditional, um, you know, skills that people look for in leadership were always kind of you would find in in people that identified as men, you know. And now there's there's more importance not only on those hard skills but also on the soft skills and that kind of thing. That that leadership has been redefined. So it's going to those changes need to again go right from the top all the way bottom. We need to see more of that. One of the things um, that. Uh in the report that said needed to be reviewed was the military colleges, RMC Kingston, RMC St. Jean. Um, our war said that the colleges appear as institutions from a different era with an outdated and problematic leadership model. Uh, your thoughts on that? Because, I mean, that is where, you know, you have, you know, officer cadets going in, right? And that, that kind of really first, well, possibly, Absolutely. you know, how important is that starting it there, Donna? Um, I mean, it's, it's there. I think that the CAF has really missed the boat in a lot of ways in that we are getting, you know, these people join the military before they're, for lack of a way to put it, before they're fully cooked, right? Mm -hmm. And even if they are, they're still learning about their place in our institution. We have a golden opportunity to literally mold them into better Canadians, better leaders, you know, better CAF members, and we've been failing that, obviously. Now, does that mean I want to necessarily shutter RMC and, and St. John? Not necessarily. I think that there's a really important... Um, you know, beauty and, and you know, um, gift and legacy to that kind of, of education. But obviously it needs to be overhauled. It can't be about sort of having the sense of entitlement Im embodied early because that's clearly not serving us, you know, in, in a mind of somebody who who may not, you know, see things quite right, you know, giving them that earliest sense of entitlement can lead down to the path of harming somebody. Mm. So we need to start to rethink our approach to all of this. Our board also recommended that the military's formal definition of sexual misconduct should be abolished. She says it's currently a, a too broad a term. Um, she says that the military should bring its definition in line with the wording of the criminal code uh, with sexual assault included as a standalone item uh, in the uh, definition section of the relevant CAF policies but changing that terminology what would that do Oh, I, I firmly agree with that. Like, we have uh, the training program that we created, we don't mince words. We use words like sexual assault, rape, like groping. We say victim survivor. And I also appreciated that she was very clear. I think that in its sort of, you know, zen to be very politically correct in some ways, we've taken, you know, um, too much of it away. We've taken away the intensity. I've, I've really bristled under the idea of being an affected person, you know, or having it be harmful and inappropriate sexualized behavior. No. I was raped. I was sexually assaulted. I was I was a victim, and I'm a survivor. Like you don't say somebody was affected by being in Canada; they're a Canadian. Or somebody was affected by murder; they were murdered. And I think that not being clear in the language is another thing that leads us down this path. Like when somebody says they're a victim of sexual misconduct, okay, what are we talking about here? Because not everything is nuclear, right? If you're a victim of a sexualized joke, for example, does that need to be reprimanded and corrected? And you need to support it absolutely, but that might not mean throwing that that you know, person's career away because mm -hmm. they told a joke. Whereas if, some, if somebody has actually harmed someone in sexual assault, that should take a decidedly different approach. And being clear in the language will, will absolutely enable people to do that. Donna Rigadell uh, joining me this afternoon. So uh, the big question is this. We've seen many, many reports over the years uh, recommending changes to, to deal with uh, this issue in the Canadian Armed Forces. The Defence Minister today saying that she will not sit on things that... A number of uh, recommendations are already, at least 17 of them are already uh, being worked on. 
um, Justice Obor saying, you know, the military has absolutely no choice but to fix things now. How optimistic are you? Oh, gosh, I'm, I try really hard to be guardedly optimistic. As we've discussed, we trained almost 2,000 people uh, over the last year in our training alone. This is not, they're not being malicious in hurting people. It's benign ignorance. I've seen, you know, over 800 people leave our class with the powers, with the power to support survivors and create culture change, and they leave inspired and invigorated. We need to start getting tools like that up to everybody so everybody's able to do it. We can absolutely do it. It's just a matter now of putting the tools in the hands of people that we're uniform well and certainly with uh you know the the challenges of getting you know new recruits into the military these days i mean there there has to be obvious work uh being shown that it's being done um you know that and that could go a long way to help increase those numbers because we know uh that the the, the canadian armed forces not only um facing challenges on this front but when we talk about recruitment and making sure that we have enough boots on the ground uh, for years to come. This is a this is a key Absolutely. part of this. Absolutely. No, people need to feel like they're joining to, to serve their country and, and they don't, they're not going to be in danger from the people that are, they're working alongside of, right? If you're putting your faith and your trust and your life in the hands of people you're working with, they, they have to earn that. Right now, um, sad to say, a cap leadership has lost it. So hopefully we can, we can rebuild that and again, have an institution that we can be really proud of. Donna, always appreciate your time, your insights. Thanks for this. Thank you.